This podcast is Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, hey. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to our final episode of the season for Bourbon and Bouches. <laughs> this, uh, this episode titled Low Key Lost uh, was, it was a whole lot. Everybody watching, it was a whole, it was a whole lot going on. Um, I'm Panama Jackson joined by the whole crew this week. Uh, that would include Shawnice, Jabri, Janae, and Corey. Wow, I'm back from the Hamptons. <laughs> which means, right, you know, he was out here getting his Stag Harbor on. Yeah. Uh, which means there will be a Lawrence Hive report this week in oh, Ooh yeah. La La. <laughs> I can't imagine what that might be. How's everybody doing? Doing great. But we are here to talk about Insecure. And this episode, this final episode was, like I said, was a lot. So want to get right into it um i'm excited to hear everybody's thoughts we have i don't know if everybody realized we don't really talk about this stuff beforehand unless shanice decides to spoil everything and text messages and stuff like that um, <laughs> because she just needs to talk about it but i'm guessing she got another group chat for that you did that yes you have done that that is you you've even said that's you i mean that is me i just didn't feel like i did it this time i i am that friend my bad it hasn't never happened, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, uh, as always, I'll give you the quick synopsis that the show has on HBO. Uh, the episode Low-Key Lost. The girls rally behind a friend. Molly and Andrew find themselves at a crossroads. And Issa continues to search for happiness. Oh. Yeah, you're searching, child. Okay, right, that's what they want right. to call it. Right, one right. Two <laughs> All right, well, Corey, the Lawrence Hive is the the Lawrence Hive has been waiting. They were waiting. They last week it was it was they was ready. They had their blue shirts out. Man, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry to disappoint them last week, man. But I was on the beach getting my tan on. Sorry, guys. But I'm back. What, all right, what you got, bro? Leader of the blue shirt gang is back. Um, <laughs> man, uh, what a week for Lawrence, man. You know he. He was absent for a couple episodes uh, this season, but he made up for that this episode <laughs> with a lot of uh, big things going on. Um, <laughs> I won't go super into detail about uh, this stuff because obviously we'll be discussing it in greater detail later. But uh, this episode kind of had a mixed start for Lawrence. Uh, it was great. He landed the job in San Fran with the corner office. Um, but... Um, for some terribly strange reason, he still liked Issa. So, you know, I, I was about to cut it off. But since it was the last episode, I'm going to go ahead and watch the shit. I went on ahead and watched it. He even asked Issa if she would be open to relocating to San Fran with him. Now, with all the new options, the tight honeys that he's going to have in the Bay, I have no idea why he wants to drag Issa ass up there with him. Come on, Lawrence. Do better, bro. Crazy. Um, anyway, Lawrence Hive got some devastating news towards the end of the episode, man. <laughs> Looks like our main man, Lawrence, found a way to skeet up in Condola and shoot oh, no. up <laughs> and knock up Condola. Now, I didn't see this shit coming. I did not see this coming at all. 
my jaw dropped. I was devastated. I, he has some interesting shit to say. He pulled some moves I would pull. Like, uh, so what you go? Is it mine? Oh, when he hit him with the "Is it mine?" I was like, yeah, good answer, bro. Good question. Good first. Just question. like an action at <laughs> Good, good first. Good first question, bro. Because the conversation can end right here. Who's it for? Is it mine? Okay, boom. Second question. What you gonna do next? <laughs> that was, he was. He was. He was a full Lawrence mode. Now, um, so <laughs> that was classic stuff. But uh. Apparently she's gonna keep it for now. We'll see. Maybe my boy can get persuasive. I'll send him some notes on you know what he could possibly oh, say oh. to her. Um, but it looks like he's gonna keep but you know, being a stand-up guy he was, man. He he went straight ahead and told Issa, you know, give her an opportunity to make a decision about what she wanna do going forward. Um, I don't think they really gave good clarity on I mean well not clarity, but they didn't say what's gonna happen next. We'll we'll all guess at that later on, I'm sure. Um but yeah, man, Lawrence got a lot going on, man. Now he got a, a he gonna have a baby mom's and uh and maybe a girl. I don't know. Who knows? But it was an interesting week for my dog. I got some predictions, some advictions, advice, all of that later for my dog. More on this to be to come. <laughs> that was the Lawrence Hive reports. Which That's one way of looking words. at it. It's it's one. <laughs> included the words eat. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is there another old, term for besides skeet? Uh-huh. Well, I thought skeet's like yeah, the official term. Several, but... <laughs> skeet. Listen, it, it, it's on brand. It worked just fine. Okay. With that okay. being said, let's go ahead and jump into it because there's a whole lot of ground to cover uh, for this episode and the season overall. So, Shawnice, the floor is yours. Thank you. I, before we get into the, the the good, the bad, and the insecure, I do want to say that I did feel cheated last week when we didn't get a Lawrence High report because I, I just wanted to know how Corey felt about seeing, you know, Lawrence and Issa all lovey-dovey. But, you know, we don't have to get into it because I, I feel like I know how you feel, but I just feel cheated out of spirit. I wanted the satisfaction of the disappointment in your voice. Satisfaction. <laughs> I'm glad I was gone. <laughs> I feel terrible about it. I feel terrible about it this week. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> as I expected but God steps in in mysterious ways and this baby you know part, part him right. and Issa alright <laughs> we're not going to have to worry about that no more alright and so you know interestingly enough we started our good with our with our, with our man Lawrence here um, our good sir Lawrence got the job he is officially about to be a trolley nigga um, in San Francisco um, so you know Good for him. I don't necessarily know how good that is for the show or for Issa or for anyone else, but good for Lawrence on securing the bag. He's going to have an assistant. He's going to have a corner office. He's going to have his own team. Lovely. You know, moving on up. Power to the people. He ain't going nowhere. You don't think he's going to go? We'll get there, but now I don't know. Issa can fly up there, but you can't leave the kid too. Like, you you know, there's the whole different set of decision making that goes in Goes yeah. into that one. Dang, so he not. Y'all right? He not leaving. Probably not. Well, he ain't and now, and now you can't even have. If you are gonna have another season that involves Issa, you can't even not have Loris be a part of that because they got to figure out and navigate it. My man definitely staying in LA. Well, in the event that Lawrence did decide that he was gonna go and you know take this job in San Fran, he and Issa um, kind of glossed over the possibilities of, you know, making it work along distance, and they both seem to be open for it. So, good for them, right? Wrong. 
they they relationship I, not even strong enough to work when they live a neighborhood away from each other. They that's not gonna work in San Fran. Like that can be a waste of time, even if they tried to make it work. Well, it wasn't. Nah. She, she didn't say she was moving right then and there. She said if things stay good, you know, maybe she might consider, you know, making the move. And so, I mean, that's give it some time. We'll see what happens. But she wasn't ready to just drop everything, you know, at that very moment and be like, "I'm going to San Francisco with my nigga." Like, no. Just because you, know, you like, had three good weeks together, don't mean you're ready for a long distance relationship. But it's um, not just three. We- but they, it's not just three weeks though. Like they've spent five yeah, years. Three. But this isn't just somebody that he that she just met off the street like right, this right, is right. Lawrence, you know? Yeah. So. And it, it's it's strong enough that the distance doesn't mean that it's a no. You know, it's right. a, worth a try. So that, that and that's all Issa really said was if things go well. Right. Then, so Right. You, they said they said what you're supposed to say when somebody gets an offer out of town and you're happy. Yeah. And you're excited about each other and where you are. You you say San Fran's only a 45 minute flight, right? And you don't say it's 300 dollars a pop, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Okay, it's the 45 minute flight. Right. You know who, what I'm saying? Who gonna be paying that 45 minutes each, uh, every other week? Not Issa. Uh, big money, right. big money bags. Lawrence with his new job. No, no. That, is, that is called tricking. That is called tricking, and the Lawrence Hive did not approve that. Tricking. You got it. You, got no, it. you, you right. cannot right. trick unless you have it. Sorry to inform you. <laughs> <laughs> The Lawrence High does not approve of buying flights. Flew getting flewed out. No. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So, so good for them. Um. So now we see, you know, Issa meets up with Nathan again. And I think in the last episode, he revealed that he had that he might have a space that she can use for her event that she wants to have. So she meets up. She goes to the barber shop, and it's it's pretty awkward. Um. And Nathan starts out by apologizing for being sassy about Lawrence the last time. And, you know, Issa also apologizes for the way that things went, and she kind of tried to set some boundaries there. So this is what I don't understand about friendships, you know. Um, These are two people who were interested in each other on a romantic level. They liked each other. They never really decided that they didn't like each other. So I don't understand how you can just roll that into a friendship. Y'all still like each other. I think that's what the conversation last week was about when Issa was helping Nathan to move. And I think that's why, like, they probably should have had that, which we talked about. They probably should have had that actual conversation even before Issa went over there. But I think after the the move-in situation where Issa let him know that, you know, she and Lawrence were, you know, back a thing. And I mean, clearly Nathan got in his feelings. But I think, you know, in the time in between that, you know, event, maybe Nathan has some time to think like, okay, this girl has moved on. Do I still want her in my life or, you know, do I not? And I guess he made a decision that like, okay, I'm going to, you know, we can just be cool. And clearly Issa's position at this point is like, well, I'm, I'm all in with Lawrence. So it was kind of a, it happened organically, I guess, ish. If you're Nathan, it's not time to throw in your hand. Like we we're talking about Lawrence, who he already heard all the bad shit about Lawrence. He already know Lawrence is some timey. So you don't, you don't throw your hand in quite yet. You hang around. You see who's pregnant. You see wow. who's moving away. You know what I'm saying? You don't really know. You got to throw sticks fall where they may. Wow. So Nathan is doing what he needs to do. He's staying where he needs to stay, which is, you know. And that's why you can't let your girl have male friends. 
right there. That's why, because dudes like Jabri. That's why you can't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Look, he's mad. He look. I give Nathan credit for being upfront about that too. He's like, look, I got in my feelings about it. My bad. So he's putting it on the table. Like I agree with Jabri. Like he's he's kind of holding his his cards closed, but he's he's saying what he's supposed to say yeah. in order to make the situation to smooth the situation over, right? But you know, overall, I just think, and I I agree with what you're saying. Jabri, but I think that to that point, it's he doesn't not like her anymore in that way. You know what I mean? They they still both right. deep down like each other. So I just don't understand how you can have a real true friendship when both of y'all still like each other for real. And the only reason why y'all not pursuing it is because there are other things in the way. It's it's not like if if Lawrence was not there, you would talk to Nathan. It's, it would be yeah. different if nobody's in the picture and you still wouldn't talk to him. But if Lawrence wasn't there, you would talk to him. And I just don't understand how that friendship can work when y'all both deep down still like each other i agree it's probably pretty risky but i mean it can be done i mean people have to do it because i mean when you get with somebody that doesn't mean that everybody else is no longer attractive to you you know like well people make those kind of decisions like a, you know it works sometimes sometimes it don't you know <laughs> people can be attractive like people can be attractive to you but you don't have like I haven't necessarily gone out with you and, and formed a, any type of relationship with you. You mm-hmm. can be attractive over there, but you're not my friend. We're not homies. I'm not coming to kick it with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree. It's it's a it's a very adult decision that they're attempting to make. Like whatever is that we are, we're, yeah, we're we're going we're going to decide <laughs> to try this friendship. We're gonna we're gonna put on these friendship clothes for a little while and see how they fit. It's messy. And yeah, I mean, it ha- look, it has the potential to be absolutely. But you know, maybe it works. You know, maybe maybe somebody gets somebody pregnant and the door opens back up. You know, who knows? We with Condola. Down the drain. Well, you know. Anyway, that was that was good for them. You know, good for them setting their boundaries and and apologizing to each other. Kudos. Um. So the next thing I want to talk about, there was two conversations between Andrew and Molly. The first one I lived. Um, this was, this took place at Molly's apartment and Andrew just finally got fed up. We saw him getting fed up, you know, over the weeks, he finally just reached his point. Um, and he told her about herself. Um, he, he, he acknowledged that a lot of the shit that she's doing is getting old. Now I will say the dynamic of their relationship this whole time has been Andrew doing whatever Molly says. So I kind of feel like he can't just all of a sudden get, I mean, he has a right to bring it up, but as mad as he got, like the, the extreme that he went to when this has been y'all's dynamic the whole time without it being discussed, I'm not really sure that was fair, but I love to see it. What y'all think? I thought Andrew was tripping. I, I don't know. I wasn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't think like, cause he was like, oh, you know, if I wanted to stay somewhere, you wouldn't want to stay. I don't know that we really, well, they haven't shown that necessarily um in the episode in the episode so i was like unless like they're just like you know something's going on more than what i've seen like i don't see why he's that mad no when molly don't want to do nothing she doesn't do it and she whines and she begs all women though but i'm just saying but andrew always holds in your dna we all all of the guys are suffering through the same thing Corey, i I hope you (laughs) 
<laughs> it's called being in a relationship. Your woman, when your woman wants to do shit, you have to go get up and do it. When you want to do shit, you got to do it by yourself. Or call it's the homies. It's reciprocity, though. Like, it can't always just be one-sided. I can't just always fold when you do or don't feel like doing anything. And then when I want to do something, you never want to do it. Like, even when they went on vacation... Um, when they were on the flight or had just got off the flight and they got there and, and Andrew, Andrew's brother had all the stuff planned and Molly was like, oh, I'm tired. Can we just stay in? Can we? Andrew was like, sure, we can do that. When he wanted to, you know, meet up with his brother. Oh, I don't think I don't want to do it. Can you just go? OK, sure. Oh, they at the little lawyer dinner party thing or whatever. And, and he don't want to go out afterwards. And he's she's like, well, can you please just go? I can make it like a work thing. And he's like, OK, sure. Then they get home. And all he want to do is watch Looking for Latoya. And she's like, you can't watch <laughs> me. Like, come on. Like, this is this, this is too much. Yeah, that was the last straw. <laughs> I, can't watch I, call I, like, I like how that was the last straw, too. I really enjoyed it, that the last straw I was looking for LaToya. That in, that in a vacuum may have seemed like a small thing, but that in the context of everything else, it's like, no, like, you ne- like when are you going to give something? And then just the lack of self-awareness and the argument where she's like, oh, you're always holding on to shit. Oh, I let shit go all the time. Girl, who are you? Like, do you know who you are? what if you let go like you you still won't see his brother (laughs) to this day yeah i watched it i was i was smiling because (laughs) remember my advice from last week it was for andrew and it was to realize that molly is selfish and he said he was that this was too hard for exactly the reason that i told him it was too hard for and that's because she's selfish and you know that's just going to be true you know she has to have it her way everything he said was true if he had wanted to to stay the thing she'd have been like why would you even ask me to stay if i don't want to you know like she would have gone straight there but in molly's defense we never saw andrew what what did he do about his brother like why is he comfortable with molly and her and, and and his brother being around each other like has he talked to his brother about how he was out of pocket like is it is it not going to happen again like it's not fair to ask molly back into that environment if he hadn't taken the steps to fix that he said he talked to his brother when they were on the they island were still there yeah he said he let his brother know that he was being an asshole he said his brother was very apologetic you know and, and said he was wrong and so that was the last time that they had okay. you know that was that was the last thing. So they come back. Some time passes. He wants to take him to the basketball game. She don't want to do that. But then, like, she's just going to keep carrying it out. And it's like, if you really want to be in the relationship with this man, like, at some point, you're going to have to get to a space where you and like you got to talk to him again or see him again or something. Like, you can't make him choose between his family and you. Okay, I take back my Molly defense. <laughs> I mean, it, even in even in the last episode. You know, she asked him why he would ask her to do something she was uncomfortable with. I mean, that's just that is also a part of being in a relationship. Sometimes you got to go places you don't feel like going and doing stuff. And she has made it clear that that's not her ministry. She shouldn't have to do those things that she doesn't want to have to do. But if he want, if she wants him to do something, she's very much like it requires that of Andrew. Yeah, like like what like why is that an issue? Like I want like why is what I want an issue? And she doesn't have, as was said, the self-awareness to realize that, you know, that's a two-way street. So I was at, I, I also was, um, I was glad to see him finally step up in that way. 
and just be like, this is it. But it was very, it was also a very um, guy thing to do because I remember us having this conversation a couple of weeks ago about uh, whether or not Andrew was enabling her. And he was, right? Like he's, he, he pretty much put up with it until he couldn't anymore. And then yeah. looking for Latoya set him off. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, so it seems like it comes out of nowhere as opposed to the fact that it's really been sitting with him yeah. for a while because he's been trying to be understanding and trying to be cool about it. But he's been seething on the inside. And That's then a great point. looking for Latoya sets the whole thing off. And it is. It's, it's looking for Latoya. Like, it's on DVR. They didn't even watch it in real time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what's, what's waiting another hour or whatever? But it was the idea that we have to do it when you want to do it. But he's been setting that entire course for the entirety of their relationship for the most part. So I can kind of, this is a slight defense of Molly and being potentially feeling a little blindsided by that. But it's because Andrew has been chilling and acting like things are okay when they haven't been. When they haven't been. Yep. That's a great point. That's true. Yep. And so, you know, love to see that kind of. (laughs) All right. So, right. We're still very glad to see that happen. Yeah. yeah, you know, for the show because I was we were ready for. It. I needed Molly to get kicked to the curb. Yes. So, so now onto that. Um, now this surprisingly took up a big chunk of the episode, but our friend Tiffany is missing. Um, she went out to get some me time, and the next day they couldn't find her. Um, you know, we saw what seemed to be what Tiffany struggling with what seemed to be um, some postpartum depression um, in some of the other episodes. And it looks like it came to a head this time. So she needed to get away. Um, what I don't understand is why. I mean, I guess it's not for me to understand. You know, when you're having these issues, maybe, you know, you can't rationalize. But why she couldn't just say, hey, I'm going to take a couple of days. I'm going to go to the Sheraton. Don't call me. And I'll be back or something. Like, why Why did he not know where she was? And I feel, I felt I feel bad for her, but I felt bad for Derek too because it seems like he just tries really hard to be supportive of her. Um, we saw that like at the block party, um, he let her stay there as long as she wanted, and he went home to send to the baby. Or even, you know, when they were first, when Issa, Kelly, and Molly and Lawrence were over their house, you know, it seemed like Derek was doing the bulk of the care for um, what's her name, Simone, Sophia, Simone, Simone, Simone. The baby. Yep. Simone. Um, so it seems like you know, from what we can see that Derek is trying really hard to support Tiffany and, you know, postpartum is not something that can be supported away, but you know, he tried, but anyway, they, they lost her. They found her. Um, they went around a whole adventure through the city. Um, how'd y'all feel about that? Yeah. Um, it's probably not a totally fair criticism because like when you're not, in your mind, you're not in your right mind, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, why she disappeared, why she didn't just say, I need a break. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to just, like we talked about last week, you don't want to get out of jail free, you know, when somebody is just going to take off on you. Um, I think that the bigger statement to me is that she, she everything and left everybody. She, she, Derek, she left the baby. She left Kelly, she left her sister, she left her mother, Issa, Molly, everybody. Nobody knew where she was. She didn't call anybody. She went off on her own. And I thought that was, you know, not in, 
I want to stop short of criticizing somebody who's going through postpartum, but I think it was a statement about her life and the way it's set up and how closely she feels to other people. I don't think she really, I don't think she really has anybody that she feels like is the person to call when things are going bad. When, when she's not feeling well, who does she talk to? And I think the answer is nobody because just like nobody even like expected or even like knew like where her hangouts, where would she go if she was feeling down? How would she, they had to, they had to Sherlock Holmes it. Like they put it together. Now it, it did speak volumes that they did band together and go find her. That was, that was positive. You know, uh, all the people that love her work together to go find her. Um, but in general, my overall thoughts, it took up too much of the show. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't that entertaining. We had the bus, uh, the bus driver. He was tripping, and the oh and um, the 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 guy, the um, and a black woman, the white yeah, guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to mispronoun him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he said he was an inner black woman. He had an inner black woman. So right. Okay, her. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead, Janae. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, and to the point of, you know, Tiffany not telling anybody, I also, you know, in addition to all the points Jabri made, I mean, I think there might have also been a level of embarrassment. Like, you know, you're known for being this person who always has it all together, who's perfect, who's this, who's that. And then it come, when it comes down to it, like you're falling apart, like you're not handling this well at all. And, you know, even having to admit to anybody, like, I need a few days to take off. It's like, that's, I, I can imagine that as a mom, that may not, you may feel bad about feeling that way. Like, I have this newborn and I are, I need some days to myself. Like, most moms want to be around their baby all the time and be up under them. But she isn't really feeling the attachment and she, she wants to dip. And so I don't know that she even felt comfortable, you know, being that vulnerable and and sharing that piece of herself just because of the standard that she has always, you know, the public persona that she's always tried to, you know, portray. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I was going to add. I agree that the segment, the the looking for, the looking for Tiffany segment, was not long. It was it was the bulk of the episode, but I guess they tried to use it to. I mean, really, it seemed like a way to kind of try to, you know, put Issa and Molly back in the same space. Because um, mm-hmm. you saw a lot of these like awkward interactions and awkward moments between them and they're and looking for Tiffany and even the realizations they were having on the bus when Derek was talking about his relationship with Tiffany. But then Molly and Issa are looking at each other and they're like, oh, this kind of applies to us too. Like, how did I not know? How do we let it get this bad? Da, da, da. I think, you know, maybe that was the first seeds of, you know, maybe, maybe wanting a reconciliation at some point. But anyway, I digress. I have some thoughts about this. They might be pretty strong. So I think one of the, this, I have a criticism of that scene. In particular, it's the same criticism I have about the way they've been treating mental health. And Jabri alluded to this as well. It almost seemed a little bit cheap how they dealt with the postpartum thing. Like either deal with it or don't. Like I I agree, like (laughs) Tiffany, Tiffany is probably going through a lot. It would be awesome if they actually gave some space to really deal with that because they've been doing it in like like fits and starts with Tiffany. Yeah. But then she they disappear for episodes and then all of a sudden in the final episode, which to me was more of a way to get everybody in one episode too. Yeah. Like, oh, we need, we got to get everybody in an episode. Let's all throw them in there with some hijinks through LA while we're trying to find Tiffany. Uh, like 
it was like supposed to be funny and serious at the same time. And that kind of annoyed me because I feel like that if you're going to do it, then really do it. You, you don't even need, to, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to take up the whole episode, but mm-hmm. if you're going to deal with a, with a situation in, in a, in a, especially between a husband and a wife that are going through something that's, that's clearly really difficult, then you got to really give it some air to breathe. Like you have to actually, I feel like you have to actually do it. And I feel the same way they did with the mental health stuff where they just kind of lobbed it in there and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, okay, that's what it is. And they move on. And so it annoyed me because one, it took up so much of the episode. It it seemed entirely unnecessary. They could have had that. We could have found out what happened in a phone call. Like they could have all hopped on a three-way or a Google Hangout or something and been like, man, I hope Tiffany is okay. You know, such and such. They could have done it that way if you're going to talk about it. But instead of having us all having them kind of make jokes while they're going through the city to one, like, you know, Kelly going Kelly, which is always a gem and always charming. Like I always, I don't think we get enough Kelly, but it seemed so weird. Like it was such a left field type of, it went from being insecure to like a, a sitcom on another network kind of thing where it was just, I don't know. Like it, it, it might be a little harsh, but that's how I felt. The only good thing that came out of it was, the scene with the police officers where the, the bus driver stops the cops, who then somehow the white the, the white guy with the inner black girl comes over and like alleges that they like Kelly assaulted the bus driver and all like it turned into a whole referendum yeah. on white privilege. Yeah, and you know so <laughs> I loved how like Molly, I think it was Molly who was basically like, You wanna do that now? And they were like, the white dude was the cop was like, Nope, not me. Everybody go home. Like, I am not trying. You are not going to read about. Nobody's going to know my name that doesn't need to know my name. And that was funny. But again, it's sandwiched between we're looking for a lost wife who is dealing with postpartum issues. Right. So it was a struggle. That was a struggle for me. Like, I, I, you know, it kind of ruined a little bit of the episode for me because it took up so much space. And it was such an aberration. It was such a departure that it annoyed me. And by the time we get, and I agree, it was about the East and Molly, you know, putting them back together, letting them evaluate their relationship through the eyes of some other things that are happening. But it just felt so unnecessary and, that it and annoyed me. I was going to say, and then to do all of that and then to still not really address it in the end, because I mean, like we all have kind of deduced it with postpartum and, you know, it's been confirmed in these external channels, but like they never actually said that on the show. And mm-hmm. so I it would have been helpful, like if they if they were going to do all of that, it would have been nice to have the space to maybe see what the conversation between Tiffany and Derek looked like. It's like, you know, you go through this the whole episode, they hug at the hotel, and it's like they're never to be heard from again. Yeah, all like, we get is a Thundercat song that yeah. tells you I'll be holding you down even when you're not around. That, that's that's all. That's what we got. And so and, I get a half hour show and you can't go into detail and t- about everything. But if maybe this episode should have been earlier in the season. You know, and it, rather than using yeah. up space in the season finale um, to, to do this. Yeah, I agree with you about that resolution. Like, if you could hug that shit away, it would have been hugged away already. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not the solution. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Janae, but I will say, um, you know, when you're, when you're going through postpartum, I don't think you really recognize it and call it that. And I think it's always kind of in retrospect that you realize that what was happening was postpartum. So I'm not, I'm not sure that it would have been a situation where they would have called it out by name. But I do agree that the end was just like, okay, so they y- y'all hug and it's done. And it just it needed just more. Like it is all. 
that's all. It just needed more. Like if you're gonna do it, then do it. Like give it, give it the proper something, so that yeah. it doesn't feel like it's being used as a plot device. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's that's what really stuck out to me because we've had instances of mental health issue. With like they touched on things that are important in that matter, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in today's climate, and I think that's great. But it was just kind of touched on. It was just thrown in there. I don't want. I don't want to say it was just thrown in there, but it was added in there as an acknowledgement of what's going on and this acknowledgement that we realize these things are happening and that it's hard for young couples who maybe weren't ready to have a kid, who have a kid, who are married and the timing, it wasn't necessarily the timing. And then, you know, the woman is realizing how much, how hard it is for her and going through that, like postpartum is real. The husband is also having his own realizations of stuff. And it's like, they're both going through it. And, you know, Derek is doing his best to step up, but like, but, it's you can't stepping up doesn't fix it right it's a it's something that has to be through time it seems like through time or you know just kind of working those things out however you're going to do it is how those things get addressed and i just would have i think there's a lot of there's a lot of material there that actually could be really beneficial to work through that i wish they would work through yeah anyway i agree i agree so yeah, y'all did also touch on a couple other points. The whole the whole inner black woman and the police scene, it just felt really, you know, I think um Panama, you touched on this earlier. It felt really um current for this to be a show that was filmed already. Um I don't know, I just it kind of felt like um cheap there. I don't know. It 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 annoyed me also, but it it was definitely a statement, but it wasn't subtle. Like, is that what you mean by like it was cheap? Like it was sort of like it was in your face. Like they didn't. It was you were supposed to get a message from. Yeah, and and I I think what you were saying about Panama, like about the comedy being mixed in, and this was like there was there was jokes in, and it was just like what is happening here? Like, you know, they they stand there, they push the button, he yells out, he yells out at the officer, like that that was funny, but then the officers get out and come, like okay, wait, this is not funny anymore. Okay, now they're making jokes. It's like, what, what, what's happening? I mean, I think we're especially <laughs> we're especially sensitive given our current climate. Because I have to say, like, I I wanted to laugh when I was watching the scene last night, but I just had such a visceral, just like, oh, why would he call the cops? Oh, why are they so, like, why are they acting like this? It was just to me, I probably couldn't have received it, even the way that they might have intended it. Like I just couldn't receive it the way that that it, it might have been meant, and even the 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 white man with the inner with the inner black woman, it was it was just it just kind of goes to show you how like some white people they love black people as long as they're you know in their place entertaining you because he came with that, and then as soon as Kelly wasn't giving him the same energy, it was you know that was an enemy from that point forward, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, the whole thing was just <laughs> very triggering. It was odd. Um, and I don't think they meant it to be, but in this climate, it just was. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the bad, I do have our second conversation with Andrew and Molly, and this one seemed to be um, the 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 kicker here. Um, well, one thing that I did notice about this is Molly has no problems initiating conversations with people who she deems. Um, who she feels like it's important to have the conversation with. Um, I feel like Issa may have been owed the same type of conversation, but she had no problem pulling up on Andrew and, you know, saying, let's talk this out. Let's work it out. Let's talk. Um, 
and Andrew pulled a her on her. And I just want to know how it feels. Well, we can see how it feels. It doesn't feel good because she was left in tears. But you know, I, I kind of feel like that's what you get. And and it was bad for it was bad for the two of them that they're ending their relationship, or it seemed like they were ending their relationship in this way. But you know, again, love to see it. Um, I, I quite enjoyed seeing Andrew pull a Molly on Molly. Yeah, I was glad to see. I mean, it was that whole it shouldn't be this hard thing. Like, Molly don't make anything easy. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to date Molly, like, he, that's something he knew early on. Like, we, I think we even talked about that. Like, you're going to be with Molly. You got to deal with Molly, Molly-type things. But I thought it was interesting when he asked her what she was fighting for. Mm. And, you know, it was like she either was having some kind of realization in the moment or didn't understand what the question was or whatever. But... You know, um, I was I, I'm 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 not happy for anybody's demise. Okay, be very clear about that. I was not sad to see that relationship come to an end because I advictionized that it would come to an end, <laughs> and I need one of my advictions to come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think as far as what she was fighting for, I think she was really just fighting to not fail like I don't know that it was so much even about Andrew and that she, I mean it's not that she I'm sure she cared about him for sure but I mean even in her argument most of it was based around like oh we put in all this time oh we can't give up now oh we haven't been with neither one of us have been with somebody this long you know that has to mean something and I think for her you know, just given her history, like it did have to mean something like the notion of starting over and failing another relationship was just too much for her to wrap her mind around. And I think from Andrew, it's like, do you, are you fight? Are you really fighting for me? Or are you just fighting, you know, for this, the status of being in a relationship? Like, are you even happy? Do you feel fulfilled? Um, and, and I think maybe Molly had to come to grips with that. Cause I don't need, she didn't even say like, Oh, I love you or anything like that. Like, Right. Like, who are you trying to prove wrong here? What'd you say, Panama? I was just saying, who are you trying to prove wrong? Like, what, like, what, what is yeah. it? Why do you need to stay here? Like, who? You, you got to prove your therapist wrong. You got to prove Issa wrong. Like, who? Who's? I think it's all of the above. I think it was all of the above. And what Issa told her, she was like, if this relationship doesn't work, it's not going to be because of me. And it wasn't like you had your own stuff. You tried to put it on me. You tried to make me a boundary and try to act like I'm this person in your life that's causing you to have all these diff- all this strife in your relationships. And like, no, girl, that is all you, sis. And, until- and I mean, maybe that was the realization that she needed. Because I think I addictionized that like she was going to have to get to like total devastation. Andrew was going to have to leave her before she had like a wake up call. And like it wasn't until like he was like, no, like I'm I'm done. Like this is done. Like maybe she can finally see that like, OK, I really need to do do some work here. It's not everybody else. Maybe this is me. Um, but I mean, also we've been hoping Molly's going to do the work for a long time and it has yet to come to pass. So there's that. I mean, I just don't think Molly and Andrew were a good fit, uh, from the beginning. I think I probably said that. Um, and I mean, I knew it would come to an end at some point. Um, so, I mean, it, it just, it just wasn't a good fit. I mean, I know Molly would probably like to keep a relationship because she's been unsuccessful at, um, at all of them so far. But that's not a good reason to to force this one. Like she just needs to find a, a guy that's a better fit for her, and possibly become a better, you know, um, partner at the same time to increase the likelihood that the next one will work out. 
Yeah, because you know she's just not a good person, right? Yeah, because she got to do some work. On, she got to do some work on herself too. But even still, I just don't know that this was the fit for her. I'm sure. That's pretty surprisingly uh, positive, Corey. Yes, I, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like I mean, it's optimistic I, and hopeful that she can do it. Like she can, you know. Well, she I mean, possibly... I, I, I don't know that. I mean, yeah, I think you know, she she uh, you know gets introspective and looks at herself, and she can see you know what what flaws she has. Or sometimes you know you just gotta find someone that likes the bad version of you. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's not always about getting better it's just you gotta find somebody that likes terrible people and then you good so she got options <laughs> we all got options alright well you know we all got options um, and that brings us to the insecure por- uh, portion of this episode so I just want to say that you heard it here first um, Janae evictionized a long time ago that good sis Condola was pregnant. And, you know, as soon as Lawrence walked in the door at Issa's house with that stupid look on his face, I just knew that that's what he was about to say. I did not. I thought he was just going to say he had smashed. That's all I was. Mm-hmm. I thought, because he like, said she it. came over last night. I was like, oh, he hit it. Why are you telling them? <laughs> but that was not the case. Yeah. I was like, here it is. Here, here's our moment. Condola is pregnant. But we knew this already. We knew. And, and you know what? I Wait, think what, 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 what previous moment led you to believe that Condola was pregnant? Because I, I forgot. So this was before the block party when, uh, or around the time of the block party when Condola had originally ghosted. And we were trying, we were discussing all of the reasons why Condola, you know, would have just completely disappeared. No text, no call, no show, no nothing. All right. And, you know, it was like, okay, well maybe, you know, and we hadn't seen Lawrence. We hadn't heard from Lawrence in a bit either. And so, and we saw that Lawrence had something to tell Issa that one time when they were at Tiffany's house, but he couldn't really get it out. Um, and so, anyway, so all of that was like, okay, maybe Condola's pregnant. And I'll say, I mean, as the episodes went on, there were like new reasons why I felt like she was pregnant. But also, with every episode that it didn't happen, it was like, okay, maybe not. However, come and even last, even last when we did this podcast last week, I was like, you know, maybe when Lawrence said that he had talked to Condola and it was over, I was like, you know what? Maybe sometimes things don't always have an ulterior meaning motive. Maybe Condola's just really gone. As soon as you so get your guard down, they pull the rug out from under you. I am just they pull the rug out. It happened before. It happened before Easter, so it's, and he didn't do yeah, anything to Easter. <laughs> It definitely. No. I'm just. I'm. I'm talking in terms of like me as the viewer watching oh, oh, the show. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But then also, also with Issa, as soon as she got comfortable and you know thought she was about to have her happily ever after with her man, the rug got pulled out from under her too. And I mean, like, it was before Issa. You know, it's not like he like betrayed her, but right. um, it's still a hard pill to swallow. What would y'all do if y'all was Issa? It's done. I can't. I can't talk to no man with a baby on the way. You talk to men with babies. Why? What matter? It matter if he already had it. It's on the way. No, okay. So it, let, me, okay. let me let me play by play you. So so we having a good time. We picking it, and you get a call on your cell phone that is the, oh the baby in labor. Gotta go. Oh, but we on a date. Like what? 
okay, if you get a call that said the baby fell down at school, he got to go. Like, if he got a baby, that's it's going to be sometimes like, he got to go. He's about to be yeah, in, that's, about that's to be in, a, in that's a little room supporting his old girlfriend, holding you, her hand. You talk about 10 months down the line, though. Like, and you, you kind of prepare for that. Like, you, you know, you know, that's coming. Like at some, in that case, and I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree with you not wanting to date a dude who has a baby on the way. I'm just saying at the point, you know, when the baby could be here any minute, you're Fair. probably not going on a whole bunch of dates where you're going to have, where you're going to be in a position where you can't, you know, get up when you need to go is all I'm saying. Fair. But, but, that's right. But you have to send your, I got to send my man off to go and support his ex-girlfriend while she pushes out his baby at the hospital. Exactly. So y'all in there holding hands. Doing breathing exercises, oh, pushing out your baby, God. bonding, and I'm at oh, home waiting for you to text me. Like, I mean, that's real. And then, I mean, and I think this is in the insecure segment, though. And then, also, yeah, that's how like, insecure. <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> that's how. That's how insecure. You said it should have been an insecure segment. This is Lawrence. This is like the love of her life, and like I said, like before, like he didn't cheat on her. He didn't betray her. But she's heartbroken. Like I'm, sh- and I'm sure she probably feels like a fool. I mean, not that she is a fool, but like she actually thought that she and Lawrence were going to finally have this happily ever after. That they were finally in a stride. They went through the bad relationship. Her feeling not wanted. Him being depressed. They worked through her cheating. You know, they took their space. They got to a good space in their careers. Finally got back together. Willing to work through the long distance thing. And then it's boom, a baby too. Like. <laughs> When I mean, does, it just sounds like they're good at adversity. They always come back through the adversity. I mean, I, you know, what's 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 one what's one what's one more adverse situation? Okay, hold okay. Up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. If he could, if he could forgive cheating, she can forgive him not cheating. And just listen, forgive it. But on the it's unforgivable. But it, I, you asked if we would do it. And I'm just saying, like, given the circumstance, like, no, like, also there's the the dynamic that okay, typically when you meet a man with a child, right, that child was there before you, so it's completely okay. understandable that the child has a has a higher, you know, the child comes before you. But in this situation, I, I was here first. Now you got a baby. I was here first. <laughs> and, and it's not my baby. Yeah, this definitely should have been in the insecure section, man. We, it is. We, we, we have to do <laughs> Oh, this is the insecure section, my bad. Oh. <laughs> They've been together all this time. They You, you think you're going to have all of these firsts and milestones Wait. together. And then one of the biggest milestones, having a first child, like you can't share in that with him. And not only can exactly. you not share in that with him, you have to watch him do it with somebody, it somebody else. else. Like even if they stay together, like that moment has been robbed from her. Like she can never get that back ever. And I mean, sure, it's not the end of the world. Sure, stepmoms are important. That people navigate this stuff every day. And if Issa wants to stay, like I'm not saying she should leave. I'm not saying she has to leave. It's not that she was wrong. He didn't cheat on her, betray her, or anything like that. But again, when you have that type of history with somebody wrapping your mind around like navigating a relationship with like the man you love the man you wanted to do all of these different things with while he's navigating being a first-time dad with somebody else a one another woman the woman that's not you like that is hard and everybody's not going to be able to do that and it's not going to it's not a testament to like oh lawrence is wrong he's irredeemable it's just like can i be in this relationship with you be impartial to this child who will of course be a part of our lives at, at some point like am i able to do that and if she's not able like that's perfectly understandable yeah i actually agree with that i, I don't i don't have i remember so i remember a long time ago so you know when my when my daughter was born i guess she was probably like two or three at the time and i remember i have a really good friend who was telling me like she was 
she had met a guy who had a kid. He's like, you know, he's like, he's a lot like you, but I was like, I couldn't date him because for the same reason I would never date somebody like you. And I, I was like, excuse me. She was like, I mean, I don't want to, I want to have, I don't want the man that I'm with to already have a family. I've already said like, I want to go through that. I don't want him. So what she said, she's like, I don't want him to know more about being a parent than, than I do. You know, I don't want him to have, those are things that I don't want. I want to go through all these things for the first time with somebody who's going through them the first time. And, you know, it was at first it kind of struck me as odd, but I had to be like, you know what? I if that's what you if that's what matters to you, I have to respect it. I understand. And this isn't even somebody I was trying to date. She was talking to some other dude. This is a (laughs) friend of mine trying to work her thoughts out with me. Somebody who was like, I guess you wanted me to like play devil's advocate for like in the space for him, whatever. And it was just interesting because I never I never heard that type of um, I guess I never heard those thoughts before as why that seemed why that would seem un- so unattractive. So I can imagine a baby, like e- a baby even being more so, because like you said, um, going to the hot, like experiencing all of that stuff for real, for real, it, it would be it would be a lot to to deal with for, I think for anybody, but for Issa having to watch your, the life that you wanted um, more or less disappear. At the, the version of the life that you thought you might have is gone forever. Okay. Like it, it's gone. It's completely it's completely gone and there's no way to get that back. There's an entirely new normal that you're going to have to, to deal with. And that might, that just might be too hard to deal with. Um, I do want to say I was amazed at how much condola hate I saw on social media. Like coming for condola, like, like she did something wrong out here. And I mean, she, she got pregnant. It happens. My man shot up the club. You know, and sometimes that means a baby's coming. That's that. I, I'm not sure that that's what happened. He said that he thought they were careful. Shoot Which the could club. mean I thought Lawrence it wasn't the time. I thought we was good. Right. She might. She might. Lawrence have has my a dog, bad. Lawrence. Right. So he know what careful means. Ain't that good? That's what that means. But he seemed like he has to. But he would have adjusted his his techniques. You know his bro. Uh, his, his habits, <laughs> bro. His pull out. Let game. me listen. Right. Listen, I will say this. Like, the one idea is that early. the pullout game is trash. But I remember there's a certain friend that I have one time when I found out he, he was his, his uh, woman, then wife was pregnant again. He said, Man, one got past the goalie. And, you know, um, you know, it was. That's all it takes. That's all, that's all it takes. It only takes once, right? You, you, you know, the, the goalie missed. So, the game I can over. Say- uh, Panama, go to your back to your previous point about your friend who didn't want to date someone with kids. Like I could, I could understand that, right? Because I actually I have similar views myself of dating people with kids. But if you're willing to date someone with kids, what does it matter if they already got a kid or if the kid is on the way? Like you just the only thing that's gonna be different is that the the, the delivery date, right? You well, babies you... are also a lot more work than older kids, though, bro. Like a baby, a baby, if, especially you if you're gonna to be, be over there at night, overnight. If you're gonna be present and accounted for with a baby, is an entirely different situation than like a three or four year old. That like it's just, it's just a whole different ball game, like. If you're going to be involved and you're going to be like genuinely involved from you know as much as you can, mm-hmm. there's a, there, you might as well block out the first six months of that baby being here as unavailable. Yep. Like I'm just not, I can't really be there because I need to be present. I need to be. We need to be on shifts. We got to be making sure that she's getting her sleep and she's in like the woman is 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 being well taken care of so that she can get herself together and be okay. It's just it's a lot. That that point that part is a lot. I will I will. 
Full stop. That's a, the, the first few months, especially, are a lot. And you got to make sure that... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. You got to make sure that, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, after your child is three years old, you know, you already worked out whatever, you know, situation that you and, let's say, Condola would have had. But, you know, let's say the baby, she's pregnant now. What if y'all decide, you know what? Let's try to work this out. Let's try to be... A exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is it's still fresh. It's still new. Like, and I also kind of feel like I, I don't, know, don't think she was having a good a time with TSA, babe. That nigga had fifty kids. Okay, that's different home. though. She oh, ain't I never met now one of those kids. Those kids are figments of their imagination, as far as she's concerned. That wasn't no real relationship. Exactly, that wasn't a relationship. No, she, and I but think she that willing to date girl, dudes. With, she willing to date dudes with kids is all I'm saying. It's not the same. They did go out. As a, no. Surprisingly, they went out in public. Thank you. I, that's a date. I will say, as a girlfriend, I feel like how could I, in good conscience, have you, you know, over at my place for the night when I know that your ba- that your baby mama and your two week old is struggling, <laughs> sitting up all night, and the baby crying. You should be, you sh- as a good dad, you should probably be over there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, it's not like you can come get the baby half the week and send him back with his mom or get the baby every weekend. I'm as what a about as a mom, I'm not dating I'm not life, though. What about con- what about Condola's date in life? That don't mean that Lawrence could just come up there whenever he wants to. Talking about something, I'm, I'm, I'm a not sending. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm dating with a newborn. That's, that's, the, that's the male privilege. I'm a new mom. I'm not dating with a newborn, and I'm not sending my baby with you. That too. Yeah, she's probably got a very minimal date in life she, at that point. She, but that's probably she can meet somebody while she's pregnant. Like I, I'm not. You're not taking my before. baby home. You're not taking my baby home. If you want to come, you come over here with me where I can see you with this baby. You ain't never had no baby before. I'm sorry? I don't need chaperoning. I'm not coming over Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. As a new mom. The house don't even be clean. I'm not going over there. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'd also say that there's also a difference between like meeting a man off the street with with kids or with with a kid on the way and deciding whether or not you wanted to be with him versus like the love of your life about to have a kid with another woman. Like there's just different feelings involved like it's just it's not the same it's not the same like saying that the baby can't go like i I disagree a little bit with the with the uh intense absolution of nah the baby got to be with me so you can see like that's i think it's probably in the best interest of the baby to be in one consistent space uh for the first few months until those shots come and you know before we start letting people (laughs) over and all that stuff i don't know that it's because i need you need to be seeing me with the child and make sure and all that other stuff uh but I, you know, my point largely though, I, I just was very surprised to see like, I know nobody likes Condola, and uh, when did that happen though? I, it must have been the ghosting barrier and, between him with between Issa and Lawrence. Yeah, it's funny because watching all the hate almost made me sympathetic towards Condola because I'm like, yo, she really ain't do nothing wrong. And I saw people were upset that you know she gave Lawrence the the, uh, you know, you can be as present as you want to be here. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I, I can see how that's like one of those, like, it's like, it's like a loaded get out of jail free card. Like it's not real, but it's a statement you make to kind of test to see what he's going to say kind of thing. Because Lawrence, while, you know, Lawrence has never proven not to be a stand up guy in terms of at least principled enough to, he's going to be present. Like Lawrence ain't bouncing. Right. So it was an odd, it was an odd statement to make. I, I did think that was a little bit weird, but it also is how these conversations go. So it seemed like a very real, um, like that came straight out of somebody's personal life. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was, 
that was Usher's confessions kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like she was putting the relationship back on the table when she said, you know, present as you want to be? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I also don't think any woman is entirely closed off to the idea of the, the father of their child being the person that they end up with. Mm-hmm. At least, at least when, when, when the situation is not, like, terrible. You know, when they don't right. hate each other and kind of thing like that. They don't, they don't seem to hate each other. Like, Lawrence, and look, Lawrence's response was largely emotional. He did go through the checklist. Like, is it mine? Are you going to keep it? Um, All good questions, by the way. This is messed up. Like, I didn't see my life going this way. You know, he, he checked off. Yeah, he checked off all the boxes on everything that would happen in the moment that you find out this is the case. And she's had time to think about it. So, you know, the way that she, her, her responses and the way that she's thinking are already long term. For him, this is brand new, and he's thinking the right now and everything that's going to change in his life. So it's you know it's it's one of those unfair balance type of things when she's had time to think about it. He's getting hit with it at the same time, and he's trying to work through that stuff. So he's good. You're going to say things that are going to sound messed up in that moment. It's just natural because your life is feeling upended. But um, <laughs> you know, I I don't. They don't hate each other. They definitely don't. They don't. I don't know that they dislike each other. I I, I didn't get that feeling. I don't think so. so. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a part of her that hopes that maybe, maybe it could work out. You know, maybe maybe the time that they will now have to spend together, which is why he ain't moving, could put them in a position <laughs> where maybe they decide to give it a shot. This is my question, or this is the question that I had when he initially said that Condola came over last night. We talked. She's pregnant. Whatever. Do y'all think when he told Issa before that me and Condola talked is over, did they actually talk? I was, because we saw Condola being all pressed to get up with him when he and Issa had went out. And we don't know if he ever, I mean, I guess the assumption was he eventually talked to her and they had that conversation, you know, that it was over. But like, so in between. What the hell did they talk about? (laughs) Like, cause I'm wondering, like, did he ever get up with her? And like, when they finally had that conversation, was that because she was pregnant? I think that she knew she was pregnant before she told him that time. And I think that when she said she wanted to talk, I think that she just didn't tell him that. Like, I think she she just withheld it and told him later. But I think that's what she initially wanted to talk about. I don't know why I think that. I don't have any reason to think that. But I just think that she already knew. My initial thought was like, oh, he ain't talked to her. Like I, I got the nah. feeling that like, she randomly just like pulled up and was like, "Nigga, we gotta talk." <laughs> like you're not oh. about. To- nah, there's no, there's no evidence. I won't stand for it. Lawrence does not lie. Lawrence, okay. Right. I won't okay. stand for this. This is not right. possible. Right. Lawrence Cole called everybody. He got. He he potentially got right. got got. He 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 clapped up. Like he he's a. That's why I called him a stand up guy. Like at the very least, he makes bad choices. Some clearly at times, but you know. They must have talked about their relationship before, and this time they talking about the pregnancy. I think. I guess I'm just trying to understand this timeline a bit more because I don't know how much. I mean, I know like before, like the last episode, most of the episodes have between like two or three days, but I don't know how long Issa and Lawrence have like been kicking it, you know, in this good space. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what the timeline was between when Issa or when Lawrence got that call from or was supposed to get up with Condola. And then from the time when Condola, or when he said that he wasn't, 
he and Condola were done. He told that to Issa. And then the time between that and Condola pulling up and telling him that she's pregnant. Like, to me, that seems like a lot of times to, like, get in touch with somebody and not spill the tea. Like, I, when does she find... I don't know. I'm having trouble trying to figure out, like, when does she find out and why does she not tell him all these other opportunities that she had a chance to? You know what I thought was interesting, too, was how she told him that she wasn't ready with her husband. Yeah. But he's, but But now she's... But now she wants to do this, and it's not like she doesn't want kids. And I kind of wondered, like, did did her and her husband like get pregnant, and she had an abortion then, or were they just like, like I was I was curious about that because it's it's a very um I don't know you kind of want, and I'm not I'm I'm not suggesting that she needed to like have an abortion or whatever, but it was interesting like maybe the idea that well I don't know how many chances I'm going to get at this, mm. so. You know, now I got to, you know, I'm, I'm okay with, I'm comfortable with where I'm at and how this situation will play out, whatever, however that involves you. And it was just interesting to me how, you know, with your husband, you weren't ready for something, but with, you know, with somebody who you really have no clue how they're going to fit into your life and you're almost giving them a get out of jail free card, so to speak. You're like, mm-hmm. this is what I want. This is what I'm, I want to do. I'm going to do it, but I also want to do it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, to the to her and her relationship with her husband or not have, being ready when she was with her husband. I mean, we saw they got divorced, so it may not have been the best relationship. But I mean, for whatever reason, you know, you may be ready or not ready at some point. Mm-hmm. And then you get, especially if you get to like a certain age and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm here. Like, I don't know if this opportunity, like if I'll ever have another chance, you never know how the body works whatever and so like if i want kids like there's no other reason for me not to have if i feel like i can do it i'm gonna do it and so that's that's you know what she did and i don't think it had anything to do with lawrence you know it could it maybe it probably could have been anybody you know but it wasn't about you know wanting to raise this kid with lawrence it was like i want kids i'm pregnant and so i'm gonna keep it what, that's interesting. That's interesting logic. I never, I never really understand that logic. Like, if you get pregnant by someone who doesn't even want to be with you, who clearly doesn't want to have a family of any sort with you, like, why would you go through this uh, process? Like, and, and knowingly put yourself in a in a permanent single parent uh, household, like because she wants she wants kids and she can she hey, feel like gotta, find, some, find somebody that want kids with you though, like. Life happens. What if she never finds a mate? What if she never gets with somebody? You know, she never I, don't, I don't think that's gonna be her. I don't think that's gonna be her real life. Um, I feel like she got options. You don't know that. You don't know that. You really don't know that. So, so you sitting around like, well, I don't want to take no chances, bro. You got me. I'm doing going now. Fuck that. I will take my chances that I can find somebody else. You, you not the only motherfucker that's gonna skeet up at me. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the, I mean, I guess you gotta the, acknowledge that there's, the, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a yeah, there's a much different logic though that I think we got to put in play here. Like we, Corey, we we would never understand that that thought process. Well, like we yeah. just we just we just won't we just won't get that. It's not for us to understand. Like that that's how I. It's just not for us to understand. I I I am fully comfortable with understanding with acknowledging that that part. But, but it's gonna impact him because now he's not a deadbeat. So now he's like, damn, I, you telling me I could have as little in, uh time with the kid as I want and shit, but he's like, I'm not going to be that dude, you know what I'm saying? So now... And he shouldn't be. I mean, he, yeah. he shouldn't be that dude, you know what I mean? Like, he's... He, it's not... That's not who he is, and I think right. that's... I mean, part, in an odd way, that's... All that stuff is part of the calculus. Like, for instance, 
that's part of the calculus with Condola, whether she admitted or not. Well, I'm having a baby by Lawrence. He hasn't shown me to be a trash dude. So at least I know that this is the guy. But on Issa's end, I know Lawrence is a stand-up guy. I might lose him because he's going to be present. I mean, she asked him if he was going to get, she she was like, are you going to get back together? And he was like, no, I don't want that. But, you know, in the back of her mind, she has to be like, I mean. You say that. Right. Like (laughs) you, you're going to be there. You're going to be there all the time because you are that guy. You know, what else, what else would you do? And that familiarity, you know, you're going to be around all the time. Who knows what might conjure up in that sense? So, Yeah. It's a tough situation for everybody. Um, Condola is number one, toughest for, then Lawrence, and then and then Issa. But, you know, Issa's the only one here with an option for real, for real. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I don't have I don't I don't have a ton of sympathy for her. I understand it sucks to lose the, the vision of your life that you wanted, but that happens to people all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, we we see Issa kind of taking it in and, you know, taking it in. Um, and I just want to note that the shots that they did of her sitting on the balcony smoking and, and blowing the smoke and, and the, in the sun, those are really um, beautiful shots. Um, it sucks that those were the circumstances, but I was really like, wow, this is beautifully. Sh- oh, I mean, again, this is a beautifully shot show. Yeah, yeah I would have hit the blunt, too. Yeah. They, 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 they take care. Do? Yeah, I think I think Jabri mentioned that before. How much how much care they take with how they display everybody on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like everybody looks good, but not just because they're beautiful people, but because they take pains to make sure. Every, like, kind of like in Moonlight or Queen Sugar, how yeah. beautiful. And I hate I hate you know I'm one of them people that usually says things are beautifully shot when the movie's trash or whatever. Too like that's usually my go to compliment when I don't have nothing good to say, but. In this case, <laughs> it actually looks good while also being a show that I look forward to watching. Yeah. And not even just the people, just like, you know, the whole surroundings, nice. the outdoor murals and the artwork and everything that they show is just really dope to look at. Yeah. yeah I, I appreciated just... the, the, the Kobe Gianna, the, the Kobe Gianna mural they put in there. And yeah. FC mural. And it reminds you how recently they were shooting. Like they got it just they got it in just before the pandemic. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. Matter of weeks. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Hope it's gone. Okay. Um, and so, you know, after um, Issa kind of deals with that on her balcony, I guess Molly decided that she was going to reach out to Issa because they have no one else but each other. But this annoyed me because I wonder, it, it, it's, it seems like Molly and Andrew broke up. And it's like, oh, so now that you don't have no man, you can call me? I mean, and and Issa went, and we don't know what they discussed because, you know, they kind of just showed them, you know, at the table. But it's clear that they talked, um, and Molly was the one that reached out first. And she expressed that she was glad that Issa came, and Issa expressed that she was glad that she called. And, you know, they seem to have fallen back into their, you know, familiarity again. But it just irks my nerves that, oh, oh, so you don't have a man, now you can call Issa. Like, girl. Well, question. Do you think that if Lawrence doesn't end up saying Condola's pregnant that Issa goes? No. Because I don't think so. I said that both of them them kept their men. Neither one of them would have called or showed up. I feel like Molly represents kind of a reversion back to the old life. If there's no reason for that oldness to to exist, then 
she doesn't even I feel like they just she just never she just never calls back or texts back or anything. She just kind of goes on with with the positive happy life that she's looking forward to. Yeah, and I mean, that's true, but to be fair, Issa did try initially while she was still talking to Lawrence. True. She, she did. But then, you know, when when Molly pulled the we just different people. Yeah. Issa was like, "All right, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> I don't need that negativity. I'm out." Like, yeah. You know. So, I don't know. It's I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun thought exercise. Yeah, it's I my my point was just that now that now that Molly has no man, she's all of a sudden open to reaching out. And you know, yeah. Issa did reach out prior to, you know, whatever happened with Lawrence. Isa was receptive to rebuilding the friendship, but she was she was actually excited about it. And Molly didn't seem receptive until she had no one else. Um, well, didn't you think it was more like she could see more clearly how the way she was doing things was losing her people? So the fact that she lost I mean, somebody else made her reevaluate Isa. Like she thought she was right with Isa, she thought she was right with Andrew. She lost them both. So then she was like, maybe I need to reevaluate what happened. Let me go back. Let me turn back to the first chapter and see. If I miss something, I just feel like Molly didn't give the same care to her, her friendship with Issa that she gave to Andrew, and we could see that. You know, Molly took initiative when 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 going to Andrew and having that conversation about the relationship, and she didn't take the same initiative with Issa. I guess I'm just annoyed with her, and maybe I'm a little biased by that. But I I don't know. I just I wasn't really feeling it. Like, oh, now Andrew's gone. You could call. Like, mm, no, me. I. I agree with you, Shanice. It bothered me too. I definitely didn't, at least not this season. I didn't want Issa and Molly to make up. I didn't think that Molly deserved Issa, but I think they both were in a vulnerable space. Um, And I mean, I guess like on one hand, like I guess it's something to be said that like when you have no one else, you can always go back to your day one. But I mean, at the end of the day, like your day one shouldn't be like your last resort. And I mean, like you said before, like Molly worked so hard to keep Andrew big, pleaded, cried, shed tears, had none of that energy for Issa. And then it wasn't until she didn't have a man anymore that she saw the value in her friend. And that's 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 weak. But I mean, what I'll say, I mean, if they at the at the Ethiopian restaurant and falling back into their little familiar spaces, I hope they're actually having a real conversation this time. And not just, you know, doing the, you know, he, 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 you know, comfort thing. Like they need to really get to the root of like what went wrong and really try to rebuild that foundation. Because, I mean, they, they did, a they spent a lot of time this season breaking, breaking down the structure of their relationship. So, I mean, they'll be back in the same position if they don't actually, you know, finally discuss <laughs> all the things that went wrong. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from criticizing the show. And this is not quite a criticism yet. It's more like a warning that if we don't get the details of that conversation, like if they do that fade out like they did it at the end and then next season they all good, I'm yeah. a problem. I need to see do the work. She has to humble herself. She has to say, I'm sorry, and we need to see it. I don't want to hear Issa telling somebody else, oh, yeah, Molly apologized. No, I need the apology. I need to hear it. Right, right. They owe us, right? It's not their relationship; it's our relationship. Exactly. They they owe us. They didn't drag us to the mud. We were there. What? Yeah. So I hope they do better. They don't just try to let them fall back into being cool. We need to see how they got cool, starting with that conversation at the Ethiopian restaurant. Yeah, and I I think overall this episode, um, and this is this is gonna be my last thing. This 
this episode, I just wish that Issa, that things would have been more on her terms. I think that her life is kind of not as dramatic as her life is crumbling, but like the things that she wanted are not happening for her right now. And it's not on her terms. Like she didn't get to, she didn't get to walk away from Molly or she didn't get to rekindle the friendship with Molly on her terms. It's, it's Molly called her back now, or she didn't get to decide, oh, well, you know, I'm going to fall back on Lawrence. And she's kind of being forced to fall back if that's what she decides. Like, so I just, I kind of wish, you know, for all the work that Issa's done so far and for how far she's come, I just kind of wish that things happen more on her terms, you know, ending with this episode. But isn't this still on her terms, though? I mean, the, yeah. I, I, I agree that, you know, she got mollywopped here with the, with the Lawrence news, but everything else is pretty much still in her court. Like, she doesn't have to go meet up with right. Molly. She doesn't, she doesn't have to deal with Lawrence if she doesn't want to in that way. She could be like, listen, I can't do it. You know, maybe we can see later on, but right now I need, like, she still has control over her situation. The only thing that changes is the version of the life that she wanted is not going to exist. That's yeah. it. And again, like I said before, that, that happens to all of us, man. Like, people who don't have kids, like, you have this idea in your head of what life is going to look like and something can knock you off your square and then there's a new normal that you fall into. I think Issa still has, you know, she still has the ability to find whatever life that is she's looking for. And maybe she thought it was supposed to be with Lawrence, but this lets her know that maybe that ain't it. Maybe Lawrence is not where I'm supposed to be, even though in my head, I thought that's what I was supposed to have. And, you know, again, like I said, she's the only one who really has an out here between the Condola, Lawrence, Issa thing. Like she, she is able to go on with her life in some fashion or form where she still gets to make all the choices for herself by herself. Yeah. And I mean, I guess when, when I say on her terms, I mean, like she and Molly are talking right now, not because Issa wanted to talk, but because Molly wanted to talk. So we're talking right now because Molly wants to talk and she's going to have to make a decision about Lawrence, not because she just decided in her mind that she should just pump her brakes and think things through, but because she's now being presented with a decision that, you know, could make or break their whole situation. So when I say on her terms, yes, she still has control, but it kind of didn't start with thoughts that she had or didn't, she, she wasn't, it, it wasn't initiated by her is what I mean. Yeah, but even the Molly thing, Molly just made the phone call. Issa could still walk away from that. Like, yo, this ain't right. Like, I don't, I didn't hear what I needed to hear from you. I'm out. You know, like yeah. it just, it just so happened that, that Molly hit her up first. You know what I mean? And it's it's more, you know, consequential than it is Molly deciding this on her terms. Like, you know, Issa called her first. They went to go talk. They didn't talk. And now Molly's doing it. Like, they're you know, they're volleyballing this back and forth. But I still feel like Issa is the per- – like, the ball is still in her court because she she basically let Molly walk away, right? She hit her with the okay, walked out. Molly has to effectively convince her that this is this, they need to be back in that space. Like I'm want I want to be here with you, and she hopefully she needs to be the one that has to say something that Issa wants to hear in order to be like I actually still want to be here too. Like you know it it now it sounds like Issa's open to it, obviously, because that is her best friend or was her best friend. But you know I I don't know I guess I just I really do feel like Issa at the end of the day here is the most in control person. Outside of Kelly on the show at this point, because mm-hmm. Issa's is the only one who literally has nothing that she has to be doing from here on out. Okay, well that that wraps up the good, the bad, and the insecure. 
All right. I mean, I guess before, since this is our last episode, I mean, if anybody has any quick thoughts about the season overall, like, was it a good season? Did you enjoy it? I mean, I guess we probably all enjoyed it to some degree, but, you know, I, I, where does this fit in the, in, with the other seasons of Insecure thus far? I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like, and I, I, I just said I try not to criticize the show, but I didn't feel like this season was a, was a complete chapter. Like the finale felt like another episode and there should be another episode next week. I didn't feel like they resolved something. Like you don't have to resolve the whole show, obviously, but what did they start with in, in the first episode and end in the last episode? Like block party happened in the middle of the season. Um, so like what, what was really done? What kind of progress was made? Um, I guess they would try to say, okay, well, we start off with Issa saying, I don't fuck with Molly. And then they're at the Ethiopian restaurant at the end, but they didn't really do the work to get there. They just put them there at the end. So I thought, you know, I enjoyed it because I enjoy, I enjoy these characters. I enjoy the writing. It's really funny. Um, they're good looking people and they seem like they generally have a good time, but other than that, I didn't. I didn't feel like this season was really one of their best. Hmm. I actually, I actually enjoyed this season. Um, I think that not that other seasons weren't authentic, but I think this was probably one of the more. It felt like more one of the more authentic seasons to me, and and just kind of touching on like real adult life and, and adult issues and things that like, you know, people my age are, are dealing with and navigating from, you know, motherhood to, you know, people, you know, just relationships and friendships and people growing apart and all of these different things. It, it just felt like a very, like there was still, you know, those funny moments. They still had, you know, the hijinks, but this just felt like a very, adult season <laughs> that t- dealt with some like real adult issues how they dealt with them you know we've offered our our critiques but i mean i think they you know they they went there uh a lot more than i seen them go there in, in other seasons so i mean i i enjoyed it I, I thought it was good i thought it was cool it was all right um they could have <laughs> had better stuff with my dog lawrence I ain't like the the, the uh, path his character took uh, this season, but other than that, it was cool. I I enjoyed it. I thought compared to the other seasons, it was like pretty much on par with, with what we've been getting in the other seasons. So I, I thought it I thought it was good. I did think this season was good. Um, it gave me. I I always feel like when I start hating characters in real life or and and start having my own biases that they must be doing a good job. Um. You know, I found myself not liking Condola, hating Molly. And so I'm just really feeling like, you know, the the way that they wrote the show, um, it did what it needed to do. It did what it was supposed to do. Um, and I was pleased overall. Yeah, I um I don't really know how I feel about the about the season as a whole. What I will say is like the highs in this season were really high. Like the episode, like last episode with Molly, I mean uh, I'm sorry, Issa and Lawrence, like that's a really good episode. Like that 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 the way it was shot, the conversations, all of that stuff, like I genuinely think that was probably the one of the best, if not the best episode of the whole series. But what I did learn was that, um, and I and I actually think the finale kind of annoyed me. Like I didn't, I didn't 
the same thing Jabri said. I didn't enjoy it as a finale episode. It just felt like it felt like another episode that needed more closure. Like I needed more. Like like you said, it it started the way that it ended with a song with one a Tyler the Creator song. Talking about are we friends? Are we friends? You know, like it just you know, like there's the the lack of subtlety is ever present. Um, what I will say is that. I wonder if I feel about this season the way that I felt about the other seasons. Because before we started this podcast, like as a whole, I binge watched the first three seasons and I found myself enjoying it way more like back to back to back to back to back, just watching it straight through. Then I remembered when I when I watched it, you know, week by week. I remember I and I think I told Jabri, I was like, yo, this show is actually really, really good, like watching it straight through. Like it just had yeah. It had a very clear through line. It seemed like everything fit really well together. It was funny as hell. And but it was also very present and very contemporary and all that stuff. And I wonder if I'll feel the same way when I go back and like rewatch this whole season straight through again without taking the breaks to think about stuff. If it if it feels the same way. So I, you know, I I don't even know if I have a favorite season. And when people talked about the show, about what seasons they thought were good, like I never have the same opinion as everybody else. I've always noticed that. So I don't know what everybody's looking at and what I'm looking at differently. But, you know, I do wonder if it'll have that same feeling watching the whole thing straight through. So I actually plan on doing that, like trying to watch the entire show, you know, straight through and seeing if it has the same feeling. Because you pretty much knock that out in a day, like a work day or a little Mm -hmm. bit more than that because of the 30 minute episode. So, So we'll see. I mean... Glad the show exists, though. I am enjoying it. And I, I do agree with you, Janae, as well, that I like how they tapped into issues that this age demographic is starting to deal with. It's not just all trying to figure out work. At some point, it's figuring out family and life and these real-life situations um, that people go through at this stage in life. You know, you got a married friend and the issues they're dealing with within their marriage. You know, I mentioned it when you first brought up the whole thing about... Uh, maybe Lawrence being, uh, Condola being pregnant, I was like, you know, it'd be interesting to see them address that because that is something that does happen in this demographic. People show up with kids now. You know what I mean? Like, it just be like, yo, such and such is pregnant and it's nary, nary marriage in sight. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I do think that's interesting. So, I, I you know, I, I'm curious to see how it fits in the pantheon of all of it when I actually go back and rewatch it. But I enjoyed, the parts I really enjoyed, I, I genuinely enjoyed for their high moments. So, so yeah, so we are going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we will get to our uh, looking for Latoya report, um, our advictions for the next season and our shots of bourbon to see who had the best episode. And we're going to culminate this, this, this season, uh, this episode with a shot for who had the best season overall. So be right back on Bourbon About Just. All right, you guys, welcome back to Bourbon and Bouches on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. We are back with our last Looking for LaToya report. Um, The only thing that we learned about Looking for LaToya from the episode was that they had a reunion that Andrew did not get to watch when he felt like watching. But the good news is um, there is a Looking for LaToya podcast. That is available right now. First episode is already up uh, wherever you listen to podcasts called Missing or Murdered. There's multiple R's. That's why I said right. it. <laughs> Hosted by uh, uh, Rose Cranberry, our host, Miss um, Terry Terry Vaughn. 
Um, and so in the first episode, I won't, you know, go into the whole thing, but we get a little bit of background about Rose Cranberry, watch how she got involved. We find out that she's actually a theft specialist and chief investigative officer for one Burlington coat factory in Atlanta, Georgia. So um, it's just Burlington now. It's just Burlington now. She points that out. It's just Burlington now. Seems very uh, disappointed that they've cut out the coat factory, but um, you know, a very experienced specialist from at Burlington. And so she's, she's clearly qualified to host a podcast like this. Um, and so she has history with LaToya and her family. Her mother, LaToya's mother, used to shop at her Burlington in Atlanta. LaToya's from Atlanta. She used to accompany her mother to the Burlington. And LaToya eventually moved to L.A., and then she realized after some time, you know, her mom didn't have the same pep in her step when she would come into the Burlington, um, you know, wasn't getting the scented candles and, and searching for her linens the right the same way. And she knew something was amiss. And she inquired, you know, what the deal was, found out that LaToya had gone missing in L.A. She moved in with some girl named Tasha and started messing with some dude named Rufus with the dead teeth. She was last seen at the Red Lobster in Inglewood. And Rose Cranberry felt that her experience in resolving shoplifting cases, catching petty criminals, and assessing missing items was a chance for her to step up and transfer her skills in loss prevention to lost girls prevention. Um, but only the black ones because the white ones are fine. And these are her words, not mine. <laughs> so. That was a very well done recap, by the way. That was a very well done recap of the other podcast episode. So, um, if you would like to know more, like to hear more about uh, about the Looking for Latoya universe, please listen to the Looking for Latoya podcast, Missing or Murdered, hosted by Rose Cranberry, wherever you listen to podcasts. But with that, we will move into our evictions uh, for, I guess, the next season. Um, that's our advice and our predictions for the characters on Insecure. I'm still formulating my eviction. Um, I don't know if anybody already has theirs prepared. Wants to go ahead and take a stab at it. Well, my uh, advice is for my man Lawrence. You know, he's in a, a sticky situation now uh, where he has a kid allegedly on the way. Um, <laughs> And you know a new chick, an old flame that he's rekindled with. Um, so my advice for him would be: first and foremost, get that DNA test as soon as possible, bro, because there's no need for you to go through all this hassle if it's not really yours. Um, but aside from that, man, you know, I would say continue. My advice for Lawrence would be, man, continue your your career path, man. Move to San Fran, take that corner office. Those things don't come all the time, bro. You got assistance, you got a team. Uh, Go to San Fran, live your life, man. And if you got to leave a kid and Issa behind, do it, bro. It don't matter. You can find a new one. Uh, my prediction is uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> a new kid, too. Damn. <laughs> I got four. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Lawrence is going to find a way to, uh, you know, convince Condola to, uh, to possibly, you know, do something. Uh, to maybe terminate the pregnancy. I think he'll explain like how important, how 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 does this ruin in his life, and how he's trying to move forward with with other things, and and I can see that happening. He's gonna convince her to not have it. So no kid in the end for Lawrence. Okay. Ooh, well, okay. Um, that is a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else ready? 
uh, I can go. Uh, go my advice is for Issa and Lawrence, just don't be reactionary. Yeah. Just, just, you know, that's tough news for Issa to get, but Issa don't need to say anything to Lawrence right now, make a decision about what, about what she wants to do. And Lawrence doesn't need to, you know, try to figure out what his life is going to look like right this second. So if things were going good between them, then they should still see where things go. You know, um, things change all the time. You know, seasons change, mad things rearrange. Um, and so you can't always know, you know, what's next. So be patient, relax, see what happens, especially if things are going good. Uh, my prediction is that things are not going to go good. <laughs> because Condola, I don't know, man. I just don't trust her, man. Like, it's not really based on anything really solid. I feel kind of bad. But I just feel like something's coming. Like she's always been pretty stand up, except for the way she didn't um, follow through with the uh, with the block party responsibilities. Uh, but otherwise, you know, she tried to be cool with Issa and not let it be small and petty. Yeah, just Condola got a look in her eye, man. I don't know. So that's my that's my prediction. Condola still got some tricks up her sleeve, and I I don't really feel like uh, she's going to let things go well between Issa and Lauren. If she, it, it, because if she doesn't want it to, it's not going to. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't even think about the the impending dynamic. If Issa does stay with Lawrence, what that dynamic with her and Condola will be too. That'd be interesting. Um, I'll go ahead and go. Um, my advice also is for Issa, similar to Jabri, and that's really just to kind of take some time and figure out what you want to do. Um, you know, you, you you love Lawrence, you care about him. And so if being with him is what you ultimately decide, you know, don't feel like that's a, a bad decision. Like if that's what you want to do, you know, do that. But also take into consideration, like if you're going to do that, this baby will be a part of you guys' lives. And so really try to figure out, like, do you have the capacity to be there for Lawrence and for this child, you know, as you all live your lives? That's not a not a small thing. So, you know, really figure out if this is what you want to do. My prediction is that Lawrence is not taking the job in San Francisco. I think he's definitely staying in L.A. Um, I think that he will. I think he's going to do his best to try. I don't think he's going to fall back into it with Condola. I think that he really does want to be with Issa. I think that Issa probably will, you know, give it some space, give it some time. Um, and I think Nathan is going to be in the background staying relevant. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know if they fall back into old habits or not, but, um, I definitely think Nathan will see this as an opportunity, um, and probably will play it in a strategic way, but I think he's definitely going to see this as an opportunity to try to weave his way back in. Okay. Who's next? I'll go. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't really given too much thought about what advice that I have. So, I don't know. I just, Issa, I, I just really want her to focus. You know, there's a lot going on externally outside of her control right now. I just want her to focus on the things that she can control. Get your events popping. You know, be friends with who you want to be friends with. If you want, if you want to be friends with Molly, be friends with her. If you want to still talk to Lawrence, you want to still talk to Nathan. Do, do you, boo. But, you know, on the prediction side, I 
and again, there, there's no solid evidence for this, but I just, I just feel like that's not Lawrence's baby, or maybe that's just what I want it to be. That ain't his baby. That ain't his baby. I'm gonna just tell myself that and hope that that's what happens next season. That's not his baby. That's all. Um, before Panama goes, I there was one prediction that I was gonna make that I completely forgot and just remembered now but i do think there's going to eventually be a conversation that lawrence has to have with his boys with chad and the whole crew about all of the events that have taken place um and i will be very curious to see how chad deals with the uh condola being pregnant news the him wanting to be with Issa news like we didn't get that this season and i'm i really want to hear his take yeah i think that'd be entertaining um my advice for is for Lawrence, and it is to fire up BET's The Game. Oh, my God. Because uh, Derwin, Melanie, and Janae went through this already. You hate Janae, And too, Derwin was out here trying to be daddy to, the, to DJ at Janae's house and trying to be present over there with Melanie, and it didn't work. Everything fell apart, bro. Take some lessons. Watch the show. Just season three, because that's where you find out everything. That's where everything hit the fan. My man already he 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 crawled so that you could walk. So wasn't just he, follow the dirt. Hmm? Wasn't he on that show? Can't can't he just call dirt? He was. Jay Ellis was on the show. He was blue. He was dating Lauren London on the game. Oh, so, he was on that show. I remember yeah. that. Damn. So he he needs to go ahead. Right. He needs to go ahead, hit his archives, and uh remember. <laughs> What happened to uh, the Los Angeles football team and what happened to Dur- Derwin Davis? That is my <laughs> advice. Um, watch your old show. Uh, yeah. My, yeah, so that's my advice. My prediction uh, is that uh, my prediction is that Molly and Issa are going to work it out and that almost makes me sad a little bit because I, I don't I think the only way for Issa to really fully have the agency and the independence she needs, she probably needs a break from everybody. Um, I think it's it's too it's going to be too messy at that point. Like Molly brings her own set of stuff. Uh, Lawrence obviously now is going to bring a whole set of stuff, and just their friend group trying to figure out how to navigate all this stuff. It's just going it's going to be a lot. I feel like I feel like Issa needs the break of all breaks from everybody for a little bit. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think when the new season starts, maybe, maybe, maybe the conversation that Jabri says we need to see between Molly and Issa, hopefully the prediction is that hopefully my prediction will be that, or will come true will be that Molly and Issa will go to therapy together and try Mm -hmm. to work through their issues. We'll see that kind of thing. Um, and that Tiffany will have gone to, Tiffany and Derek will have gone to whatever they need to go through to help them get together. And, you know, we see like these relationships building on one another by doing the actual work. That is, that is my prediction that will happen. It's a very optimistic prediction for me, but that is my prediction. I think I agree with your prediction that Issa will go on some sort of sabbatical, like maybe the season starts and Issa is returning back from like a two, three month trip to somewhere. I don't know. She needs it, but I, 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 I agree with you there. Well, that is our last eviction segment for the season. I think that takes us to our final shots of bourbon. Uh, This time we'll be giving shots of bourbon to who we think had the best season overall. 
And so with that, I'm I'm actually gonna go first. I'm giving mine to Issa. Um, if I think about where she was in the first episode and where she is in the last episode, even though she definitely got Delta Blow this last episode with Lawrence, I think that her evolution and all the other aspects of her life, um, you know, can't be understated as far as her, you know, figuring out, you know, having some vision as far as where she wants to go with, you know, the event planning, um, as far as, you know, being able to stand up for herself and her friendship. Um, you know, having those having those introspective moments, even with family, you know, coming to getting a better understanding with her mom, um, you know, and even with her and Molly having went through everything that they did um, and then finally getting to the end where, you know, Molly is the one who who did end up reaching out. You know, Issa, you know, stood her ground and, and Molly had to meet her where she was. And so I think that her growth um, is really commendable and you know, who knows what happens between her and Lawrence. But I mean, I think that, you know, she has a better idea of, you know, what she wants and what she doesn't want and prioritizing her happiness. And so I'm confident that she'll make better decisions um, in the next season. So that's my shot. Go Ethel. Who's next? Yeah, I'll give my shot. I'm, um, I think. Go, go, go. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, my shot, I, I think it almost has to go to Issa for the season. I mean, I'm going to give my shot to, to Andrew for the episode, just for kicking Molly to the curb. But for the uh, for the season, um, you know, I think, I don't actually think Issa is in a better position than she was when the season, when the show started, when the season started. I mean, it seems like she's damn near in the exact same place. Um, no. But, but, uh, you disagree? That's okay. We Completely. But... <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, she's in a better place as a human being. She's struggling with her relationship with Molly. It ends with her struggling with her relationship with Molly is what I mean. Like, it's just like, it kind of yeah. starts where it ends is, is, is my point. As a human, I feel like Issa's gone through a lot of things and she's come more into her own. She started to take agency over herself and kind of started to assert herself and forge her own path. And, you know, I love that. I'm glad we got to see that. I'm glad we're seeing some growth. So she's 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 the shot for me. Yeah, Panama. Um, I understand what you mean now about how she ended up in the same place. I misunderstood you before. Um, so if my shot was going to be for this episode, it would be for Andrew because he followed my advice. And if you're my friend, you should know that if you follow my advice, I'll buy you a shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's for the season, um, Issa. It's Issa because. She, she matured and followed through on it. It's like, you know, she was comfortable with her distance from Molly in the end because that's because she needed to be. Um, she knew that if she was going to continue to grow, that she couldn't be with Molly the way that she was. She also didn't let this chance with Lawrence pass by. You know, she was like, I don't want to go home. I want to stay. I want to be with you. You make me happy. And, you know, the old Issa might have let that pass. So I feel like her growth and her happiness is at a place where, you know, it didn't end on a high note with Lawrence, but she put herself in a position where the only, only place to go was up. And she still has that opportunity in front of her. So I will give my shot to Issa. I think she's getting her life together. 
Okay. Uh, go ahead, Shanice. I think I'll have to agree. Um, I think Issa definitely deserves the shot. Um, for all the reasons that everyone else said, she's definitely shown a lot of growth this season. Um, you know, she's she's putting things into action. She's making things happen for herself. Um, she's matured, um, and I think that not only has she matured, and I think, but I also think at the end of the the finale episode, she needs that shot. Um, so you know, for more reasons than one, I'm I'm gonna give my shot to Issa. All right. Well, so far we have four season shots for Issa. We got Corey left. Well, <laughs> well, y'all know it wasn't no way in hell I was giving my shot to Issa for the season. As a matter of fact, I made a list of all the people I would give a shot before Issa, <laughs> and it was the entire fucking cast. Um, so <laughs> my shot for the season is going to my man Lawrence. He made he made some questionable decisions, but in a show full of flawed characters, he's the least flawed to me. Um, so you know, I like where he ended on a high note. You know, he got the corner office popping. Um, you know, him and Condola didn't uh, work out, but I mean, hey, it's Lawrence. He gonna have options. You know, the blue shirt gang don't stop. Um, so. I'm giving my shot to Lawrence. I feel like overall he had a he had a great season. Should he even directed episode? I mean, how how could he not get a shot? Ray Ellis directed okay. an episode. Hey, hey. Specific, specific, the specific. What's the reminder? What's the, the, the reminder? The facts don't matter. My shot okay. for the my shot for the season goes to Lawrence. All right. Well, with the score of four to one. I demand a recount. This is some bullshit. God damn it. Yeah, can I get a recount? Issa, by a large margin, receives our shot of bourbon for the season. So congratulations, Issa. We we rejoice and drink in your honor. Clank, clank. Clank, clank. Clank, clank. clank. Shots up. All right. Well, Panama, you want to take us out one last time? Yeah. um, You know, we really enjoy doing this, doing this, this season especially under these circumstances because we've done this entire season in quarantine mode where, you know, we haven't been able to be in the same place at the same time doing it, which presents its own challenges, but we've been able to do it. Um, it's been enjoy enjoyable, enjoyable, mm. been enjoyable. And, you know, we appreciate everybody who has tuned in, who's listened, who's hit us up about the things we talk about on the show um, both good and bad, and everybody who takes shots at Corey. Um, no, I'm coming for y'all next season. Consistent thing. So, you know, we just want to say thank you to everybody for listening, checking us out. Um, shouts out to Issa and the whole Insecure Squad for making a show that is worthy of conversation in the way that this show is. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say uh, outside of, you know, the customary. Thanks for listening. Have a black one. See y'all next summer. Hey. Chasing Bye. Ain't just sex to me. We make it. I got faith in us. This top tier don't do no basic stuff. And you had enough already. No more hurt. I'm just here to give you all that you deserve. See you at your worst. I just want to give you better Might not be your first But I want to be your forever Baby, you've been searching steady Hurting all I ask is you to come through tonight
fuck that nigga, he ain't doing you right. Don't think about it, just fulfill your delight. I know it's been a long time, but I'm on time. Searching steady, hurting, all I ask is you to come through tonight. Fuck that nigga, he ain't doing you right. Don't think about it, just fulfill your delight. I know it's been a long time, but I'm on time. You are to die for. Let's take the high road.